the CFA Institute's Guide to the EU Galaxy. It's not the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it may look like it, by Josina Kameling, Head of Regulatory Outreach, EMEA. Driving the connection between members and EU policy outreach has been my challenge these past six years. I started at a process where CFA Institute would come somewhere in the middle of the EU process and seek to address and discuss our CFA charterholders' point of view. But we were losing out from not being in at the very initial discussions and at the very tail end of legislation as it was being implemented. In these past six years, we have started discussing with EU before an idea is even a little grain in the mind of someone. So it's an initial discussion, a brainstorming with EU Commission's think tanks, trying to see and bring what our charter holders see in the market across the globe to where the EU might be at their particular initial point of view. The start of the legislative process then starts with a white paper, which contains a legislative initiative, and that becomes a commission proposal. This proposal is then comes into the political process where the European Parliament, specifically the Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee, and the Council then debate on and amend as they wish. The two sides, Council and European Parliament, meet in a process called the Trilogue, which is a discussion between the Parliament and the Council with the Commission advising on the process and then coming to a decision. This decision, this final position is adopted by the European Parliament. And then we get to the implementation process at the EU, which is where the EU supervision authorities come in and look at technical standards, do question and answers for industry and stakeholders and generally reach out to national legislators. It is going to be key to intervene at all these levels. As Societies 2.0 takes pace and starts to move really into the realm of advocacy, it is key to understand and to communicate both at the national level and at the EU level. In a previous podcast, I discussed the upcoming EU financial services agenda. As a quick reminder, key, of course, is a closer look at the macroeconomical reform of the euro and the EMU in itself, that in the context of digitalization with the plus and negative sides of it, the negative new entrance, the plus, of course, more data, which is key for EU financial services. We're dogged by financial crime. We have systemic risk issues which are coming through the non-bank, shadow bank uh, arena. We are still facing many discussions on the role of investment management, the value for money process, costs and charges. Again, this will come to the fore of, of the agenda. But also, what is the role of an investment manager through the sustainable finance agenda? Whose responsibility is for what? That will be the key driver of the discussion. Sustainability stands at the very, very, very top of the financial services agenda. It started as a sentence in an action plan in 2015. It grew into the all-pervasive uh, action plan it is now with three different rulings coming out and much further and technical work coming through for the next mandate. So we will be looking to input on that. And there will be at the EU level 
working groups with EU charter holders that can give, provide expertise and brainstorm on possibilities in this arena. Supervisory architecture, it will continue to be a topic as we try to build a proper EU capital market, competition policy, consumer protection, and as I said before, the risk agenda. Where will we go with a fragmented parliament? Where we, we go with these different groups that need to build a consensus? Will they be able to talk about taxation? Will there be a revision on a tax on financial transactions? This has been a threat that has been out there. Will it come back? It might do. The deposit guarantee is an essential part of banking union. There has been quite a lot of uh, political fighting between the different groups on whether to do this or not. Again, this will be crucial for banking union to function. But more importantly, it will be to create a link between banking union and what we used to call the capital markets union and what I would like to call a finance union, which I think is more appropriate for EU continental zone post-Brexit. All the political groups mention sustainable finance as a key priority. They all recognize it can be a boost on private investment in sustainable projects. Some groups, such as the more left socialists, let's say, want to see the financial sector playing a stronger role in the transition to low-carbon economy. Artificial intelligence, the ethics of artificial intelligence, digitalization and robotics all have caught the imagination of the political groups. But data protection remains at the forefront. There is a call by some political groups to the establishment of an independent EU authority for the digital sector supervision. The European Commission published a communication on 15 March 2019. Its main points were the Commission thinks it has delivered all the measures it committed to. Some of the files have not been agreed, notably on the sustainable taxonomy but also on a common consolidated corporate tax base and recovery and resolution of central counterparties. Clearly, they recognize that legislation alone is not enough to deliver a real capital markets union and that it will be very important for private stakeholders to contribute in the discussion of capital markets union. Indeed, the Commission has launched a study among stakeholders where they look what has been the cost of legislation, what is wrong with the current legislation. So this is a time where stakeholders can really input into the political process before the new Commission comes into place. On blockchain, the European Commission has launched the EU Blockchain Observatory and Forum, and that is key to drive the agenda on blockchain, which is so crucial for the European capital markets. On crypto assets, ESMA has requested the European Commission to envisage a framework for those tokens that are not falling within the regulatory framework and whether crypto assets should be considered financial instruments or not and how can they comply with the anti-money laundering regulation. The European Commission is, however, very cautious on fintech. They are cautious not to inhibit innovation and growth. And this is sometimes not a stimulator, but I would say a too cautious approach is not good in this sector where things move so fast. So the Commission is going to have to come to a stronger decision, much like they did with crowdfunding, where for two years they were on the sidelines watching. The future of Europe. This is a key issue, completing a genuine financial union that achieves a far more integrated economic and fiscal union. 
At the same time, it will be key for the EU to have an international voice, strengthening the euro area institutions and also be more unified representation at the Eurozone level and speak with one voice at international level. The EU has also stated it wants to be be leader in technology. It positions itself against China in the US, and hence this will drive the next agenda. So it's a time to jump or to hang back. As Shakespeare said, there is a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood leads on to fortune. Let us hope the EU can recognize this.